As the rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, may I welcome you to this podcast and wish you every blessing in the new year. We have been offering these online services every week since the first lockdown began back in March 2020, and we shall continue to do so, particularly since the guidelines relating to live services can still change at very short notice. Each service combines archive recordings of our choir and congregational singing with newly recorded readings, intercessions and sermons. And we'd like you to know that we keep a candle burning before the altar here each day as a sign of hope, and we give thanks for you all. May the light and peace of Christ be with you all as our worship begins. May I welcome you very warmly to St Bride's to our service of choral evensong on this, the second Sunday of Epiphany, which is also the feast of St Anthony of Egypt. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God, and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, 
that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel now and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the desires and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission for all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The Old Testament reading is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 60, beginning at the ninth verse. Surely the isles shall wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish first, to bring thy sons from far, their silver and their gold with them, unto the name of the Lord thy God, and to the Holy One of Israel, because he hath glorified thee. And the sons of strangers shall build up thy walls, and their kings shall minister unto thee. For in my wrath I smote thee, but in my favour have I had mercy on thee. Therefore thy gates shall be open continually, they shall not be shut day nor night, that men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles, and that their kings may be brought. For the nation and kingdom that will not serve thee shall perish, yea, those nations shall be utterly wasted. The glory of Lebanon shall come unto thee, the fir tree, the pine tree, and the box together, to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I will make the place of my feet glorious. The sons also of them that afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee, and all they that despise thee shall bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet, and they shall call thee the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Whereas thou hast been forsaken and hated, so that no man went through thee, I will make thee an eternal excellency, a joy of many generations. Thou shalt also suck the milk of the Gentiles, and shalt suck the breast of kings. And thou shalt know that I the Lord am thy Saviour and thy Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. For brass I will bring gold, and for iron I will bring silver, and for wood brass, and for stones iron. I will also make thy officers peace, and thine exactors righteousness. Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, wasting nor destruction within thy borders. But thou shalt call thy walls salvation, and thy gates praise. The sun shall be no more thy light by day, neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee. But the Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light, and thy God thy glory. The sun shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon withdraw itself. For the Lord shall be thine everlasting light, and the days of thy mourning shall be ended. Thy people also shall be all righteous, they shall inherit the land for ever the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in his time. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The New Testament reading is taken from Hebrews, chapter 6, beginning at the 17th verse. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable beings, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. Whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made an high priest for ever after the order of Melchizedek. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. And verily they that are the sons of Levi, who receive the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. But he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham, and blessed him that had the promises. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. And here men that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them, of whom it is witnessed that he liveth. And as I may so say, Levi also, who receiveth tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. For he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Almighty God, who in Christ makest all things new, transform the poverty of our nature by the riches of thy grace, and in the renewal of our lives, make known thy heavenly glory, through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy, defend us from all perils and dangers of this night for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. As well as being the second Sunday of Epiphany, today, the 17th of January, happens to be the day on which the Church of England calendar commemorates one of my favourite saints, the third century ascetic who made the desert his home, St Anthony of Egypt. Part of the reason for my particular interest in this saint is because I happen to have been born on this, his feast day. But oddly enough, whether by chance or by virtue of this association with my birth, it genuinely is the case that I have always felt the profound spiritual pull of desert places. There's something about the stark, radical beauty of a desert wilderness, that sense of being in a place where there is nowhere to hide from the searing gaze of God, that I've always found both fascinating and compelling. And if I'm honest, there has always been a very small part of me that has been drawn to the religious life too, a life that would provide the kind of framework of discipline and simplicity that brings with it a strange kind of freedom, a freedom from materialism, a freedom to embrace silence and stillness in the presence of God. So perhaps my sense of association with St Anthony of Egypt is not purely an accident of birth. But what about the man himself? His story takes us back to the earliest centuries of Christian history, as he was born in or around the year AD 251. As you're doubtless aware, the lives of many of the saints, especially those whose stories go back many centuries, often remain obscure or have something of the ring of folk tale about them. Indeed, that could perhaps be said of our own patron saint here, St Bride, Bridget of Kildare, although I do live in hope that she really did have her legendary ability to turn bath water into beer. But actually, we know rather more about the life of St Anthony because a biography of him was written by none other than St Athanasius, around the year 360, not long after Antony's death. So we have a contemporary account of his life, very unusually. And so I'd like to read you an extract from the biography of St Antony, written back in the 4th century. And what I love about his life story is how wonderfully down-to-earth it can seem. So, an extract from the life of Antony by Athanasius of Alexandria. Antony was an Egyptian by race. His parents were well-born and prosperous, and since they were Christians, he was also reared in Christian manner. Following their death, he was left alone with one young sister. He was about 18 or even 20 years old, and he was responsible both for the home and his sister. Six months had not passed since the death of his parents when, going to the Lord's house as usual and gathering his thoughts, 
he considered while he walked how the apostles, forsaking everything, followed their Saviour, and how in the Acts of the Apostles some sold what they possessed and took the proceeds and placed them at the feet of the apostles for distribution among those in need. And what great hope is stored up for such people in heaven. He went into the church pondering these things, and just then it happened that the gospel was being read, and he heard the Lord saying to the rich young man, If you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. It was as if by God's design he held the saints in his recollection, and as if the passage were read on his account. Immediately, Antony went out from the Lord's house and gave to the townspeople the possessions he had had from his forebears, 300 very beautiful aurorae of land, so that they would not disturb him or his sister in the least, and selling all the rest that was portable, when he had collected sufficient money, he donated it to the poor, keeping back a few things for his sister. But when entering the Lord's house once more, he heard in the gospel the Lord saying, Do not be anxious about tomorrow. He could not remain any longer, but going out he gave those remaining possessions also to the needy. Placing his sister in the charge of respected and trusted virgins and giving her over to the convent for rearing, he devoted himself from then on to the discipline rather than to the household, giving heed to himself and patiently training himself. There were not yet many monasteries in Egypt, and no monk knew at all the great desert. But each of those wishing to give attention to his life disciplined himself in isolation, not far from his own village. At first, Antony also began by remaining in places proximate to his village, and going forth from there, if he heard of some zealous person anywhere, he searched him out like the wise bee. He worked with his hands, having heard that he who is idle, let him not eat. He spent what he made partly on bread and partly on those in need. He prayed constantly, since he learned also that it is necessary to pray unceasingly in private. For he paid such close attention to what was read that nothing from Scripture did he fail to take in. Rather, he grasped everything, and in him the memory took the place of books. Living his life in this way, Antony was loved by all. People used to call him God-loved, and some hailed him as son, and others as brother. One can't help feeling rather sad and rather sorry for his poor sister, who seemed to have been an unwitting victim of St Anthony's amazing call to the ascetic life. But that apart, 
I think there is a simplicity and a purity about his, his calling that was very striking. I shall close with the collect, the special prayer for today, the Feast of St Anthony of Egypt. Most gracious God, who called your servant Anthony to sell all that he had and to serve you in the solitude of the desert, by his example may we learn to deny ourselves and to love you before all things. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you fulfil our desires beyond our imagining. Transform our failures and disappointments into new opportunities for your kingdom. Revive your church in its mission to declare your love. We ask for your blessing on this parish of St Bride. We pray for Alison our Rector, for Sarah our Bishop and for Stephen and Justin our Archbishops. We pray also for the Church throughout the world. Especially today we pray for the Anglican Church of Australia, for Geoffrey Smith, Archbishop of Adelaide, and we pray for the church 
in Tampere, Finland, and for Bishop Matti Repo. We pray also today for the City Deanery and for Catherine Headley, Area Dean. We pray for Laura, the two cities Area Dean's Administrator, and for the Deanery Synod and its staff. Lord, in thy mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. Lord Jesus, when provisions are low, you open up a new generosity. Teach us to share of our riches and poverty. Give to leaders of nations renewed vision. We ask for your blessing on our Queen and Government, for members of Parliament, for all in positions of authority, for those in our health services, and for journalists. We pray for the leaders of the nations, remembering especially those lands where there is war and conflict. We ask that you would bring them peace. Lord, in thy mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. Lord Jesus, you responded to need wherever you found it. Bring your transforming love to bear on all who feel exhausted or drained in their suffering. We remember before you all those in our parish community in this city and around the world who are in need at this time. We pray for all who suffer in body, in mind or in spirit. May we taste and see your goodness. Lord, in thy mercy, hear, hear our prayer. Our prayer. Lord Jesus, on the third day you rose for our salvation. Gather to yourself all who have died. We remember all those recently departed and those whose years mind comes at this time. Rest eternal grant unto them, O Lord. Let light perpetual shine upon them. Bring us to share with them in the wedding banquet of your kingdom. Lord, in thy mercy, hear, hear our, prayer. our prayer. We commend ourselves and all for whom we have prayed to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, Accept, accept these, these prayers, prayers for the, for the sake, sake of, of thy Son, our, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always.